my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. What's up? I'm Laura Carrenti. And I'm Alexa Kristen. Welcome back to Adlandia. We've got a great show. Rakia Reynolds, executive officer and founder of Sky Blue Media is here. Before we get to Rakia, Laura and I, as you guys know, talk all the time about random threads and philosophies. So this morning you sent me the IKEA catalog. IKEA did an audio catalog. All the whole catalog, like four hours, four hours, a marathon of audio. The point to me and the thing that we were talking about is that now commerce is kind of unbound. It should have no boundaries at this point. And that's really where we're getting to. And it's interesting. Like if you think about commerce, not having any boundaries of format, the fact that you could buy anything anywhere and that you should have the ability to do that as a as a consumer. It's really exciting. And then what conversely does that do to advertising? Is it a podcast? Is it an audio instruction manual? It's like an audio catalog from the standpoint of it's trying to storytell 
and help you visualize rooms in the catalog, like what they would actually be showing in the catalog. But I think the big point is this idea that you should be able to buy from audio content. Content should be commerce, period, full stop. Well, and also new and interesting ways to iterate or build on and keep a consumer engaged, right? What's really exciting is creation, commerce, and asset right, or artifact or thing that's created are coming together in a way that I don't think we've ever experienced. Not something that's been accessible like this. What does a world look like where campaigns become open sourced? Let's just say IKEA puts that four hour catalog down and you and I have the ability to come in and say, actually, we should drop a meditation here. And then you can submit that back to a brand. Not in the form of social media feedback, truly having the opportunity in an open source campaign to be able as a fan, consumer, et cetera, to contribute. influence, contribute. I don't want to just be a fan of your company or your brand or your product. I want to own a part of it in a different way. I want to own part of that IP. That fiduciary relationship means we have a completely entirely different relationship that we haven't even been able to imagine with our consumer, that we trust them enough if they are fans to represent that brand. Shareholders in the business. Yes, and create on it. But at the end of the day, that all comes back to community. You're talking about trust in the consumer. Yes. How well do you know your community? Yes. And the thing, Laura, I totally, and the thing that has been on my mind, a lot of brand owners, a lot of brand stewards, I'm not even going to call them marketers because it's beyond the marketing organization or the marketing role. Talk about having community, that they've built a community or that they're part of a community. And that may be true. But more often than not, brands and people at brands are talking about their community as buyers, as buyers. Transaction. Transaction. I have, oh, we have, we have people that like us. We have people that buy us. They like this product. We have this community of buyers. That's not a community of buyers. That's a Salesforce spreadsheet. We're going to talk to Rakia about this, but I, I think that it behooves us to start to really unpack like what makes up a community. I think that right now is a really good time for marketers to be thoughtful about some of the new structure and new kind of points of power, as I would say, that are coming to life in the world. There's an army of natural born marketers who are rising and they know how to sell and probably in some cases are better product marketers and brand marketers than marketers you've got at major institutionalized companies, you know, big corporates. And so if you think about that, it starts to become, depending on where you stand, it's either really exciting or maybe a little bit scary. We'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. 
Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. And we are back on the mic with Rakia Reynolds, founder and executive officer of Sky Blue Media. Sky Blue is a multimedia strategic communications firm focused on people, products, and places. Rakia, we have waited so long to say this. Welcome to Atlantia. Welcome, Rakia. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Y'all, this is such a long time coming. Like for real. I'm excited to be here. You're just celebrating your 10-year anniversary, recently named to Forbes 1000, like last week. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Big congratulations Uh, to you. Thank you. Thank you. Working with some of the biggest talent and brands in the industry. Tell us about the origin story of how Sky Blue came to be. Oh, I love, you know, I love a good origin story. I like (laughs) to call it the story behind the glory. Um, I recently, I actually on Instagram recently recapped the last decade because we're in our celebratory 10th year at Sky Blue Media. So I broke it down into sort of business growth stages or the stages of business. So like zero to three and then four to six. And what did that look like? Um, so I I will say the story behind this glory is that I started Sky Blue Media. I was a former TV producer. I worked in magazines. 
I had a five-year stint in working in higher education for a large university working on, I was actually pursuing my degree in counseling psychology, working with students who were suffering from, you know, going to college and what it meant. So I was advising a lot of students as a, as a counselor. So I worked for five years in higher education, then went on to TV, then went on to magazines. And working in TV, y'all, it was more than an emotional roller coaster because in the world of TV, you're on, you're off, you're, you have a hiatus, you go dark. And I was like, I can't keep doing this. But one day they called us into the office and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. They were like, okay, we're having a special meeting. And they said special, but I took it as like, they're giving us like something exciting. They brought us in, they had envelopes for everyone. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're getting a bonus right when I needed this bonus. It was like super exciting. And so we opened the bonus and it was like an additional check. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we've done such a great job. I was working on all of these shows and they were like, okay, so this is the last check for everyone. We're laying everybody off. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. This is not a work bonus that we're getting. So I was, I was pregnant with our second child. My husband was just finishing grad school. I mean, when I tell you, I was like trying to figure out like, are we going to have oatmeal for dinner or tuna fish sandwiches for dinner? Like it, it was, it was that. Like my friends are like, we like to say like a struggle sandwich. It was like a struggle sandwich. And so at that point, I was like, I don't really have anything to lose. I've always been a risk taker. Why don't I sort of jump off this cliff of entrepreneurship, start my own company, take all of the things that I've learned from, t you know, from TV and magazines and counseling psychology and studying all of these amazing people and sort of disrupt the traditional model of public relations. And then I started my own agency, taking all of the things that I had learned in TV you know, producing traditional PR, psychology, and then formed my own digital communications, multimedia comms agency. Like you just imagined it forward. Mm -hmm. And what I think is interesting, what you told us off mic, and I want to actually ask you about is that you don't call yourself a CEO. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't call yourself a chief. Yeah. Which is probably aligned to your philosophy and your ethos and your values. Tell us why you don't call yourself a CEO. Right. So I, I think we need to analyze words more. We need to look at the etymology of words. We need to look at the origin of words. And there are a lot of culture vultures out there, people appropriating. There's so much miseducation. And so I, when I get to the point where I feel like I am educated completely, fully and amazingly or acutely aware of my surroundings and the words and why we use them, then I may incorporate them back into my lexicon. But for now, with the foundation that I have been taught, with the history that I was taught as a child and then as, a, and as an adolescent and as an adult, I don't think that I was educated to the point where I should be using any of the language that was delivered to me. We're very intentional with what we say. Like, we don't say things like, oh, that's tone deaf. Instead of saying like, that's tone deaf, we may say, well, it lacks the nuance needed to inform the conversation. So we won't say, or it's a blind spot. We'll say, hey, you know what? Let's make sure that we cover all parameters. So for us, it's really about the intentionality of words. I've actually had a client that is of the deaf and hard of hearing community. So in terms of being informed, and sometimes for folks there, I think that there is like personal empathy and collective empathy. 
And once we get to a space of collective empathy where we can like put our thoughts aside and really be intentional, um, I, I noticed that on calls, I will take a little bit of time or process my thoughts. But with words, I really try to slow it down to say, why are we using these words? What will it mean to someone else? And how will it impact someone who may hear this or experience this later on down the line? So we typically will look at all of our words, but no chief, no chief in this executive officer over here. As you were introducing Sky Blue at the top of, of the conversation, you said you were going back through chapters, right? Were there points along the way that shaped or evolved the way you approached your work? Yeah, I think there were two pivotal moments in my sort of Sky Blue Media career or history. One was sort of midpoint, maybe three or four years in I was faced with so many different challenges where I I was not hiring people. I wasn't hiring the right people. And so I had the wrong people surrounding me. I had someone steal mail, steal money, all of these things. It was like a compounded stressor for me. And what I learned was how to respond to things during a crisis because I was in a constant crisis, constant. I mean, with employees, with news, with all of these things that were just happening to me. It was a compounded stress moment. So for me, it was a pivotal moment to learn how to maneuver through chaos and crisis. And then I will say sort of fast forward, when we really started at the beginning of my career, people, because I'm a Black woman, would say, we want you to work on all of our Black marketing, or we want you to work on this, or we want you to work on that. And it became like this multicultural marketing way of bringing us into companies like, oh, you know, larger corporations would be like, and, and I would say, you don't just bring someone in because of the way they look, it's their expertise. Let me build this a little more. So it's not just, you know, the black market, but it's the indigenous cultures market. It is the Latinx market. It is the LGBTQIA market. It is the Asian American and Pacific Islanders market. So I started doing a lot of research, bringing in people that had their PhD in sociology, bringing in people that were experts in their field to do think tanks, workshops, professional development, to inform our teams in order to effectively communicate. And then we started bringing those folks in as consultants to have brand extensions to our work, because I don't think that everyone out there should be doing the work that they're doing because they're not an expert in their field. Just because you did one project or um, you have one case study, I don't think that you should, you know, you can be doing the work. I think when people become seasoned in their fields, that's when you can put it on your website. That's when you should say, this is, you know, what we do. So I think for me, getting into the space of like research and expertise and really sort of refining what our offerings are and were, we were able to go beyond the lens of, marketing, public relations, social media, and digital media. I think there have been all of these pivotal learning moments in my career, um, and then the work that we get to do, and then the people that I've sort of surrounded myself with, and the, the folks that are running the company in a way that I never thought would run. You talk about, and Laura's told me about this, but I want to get into it more, people, products, places. That's what you do well. And that's how you think about your business. Can you explain that a bit more? 
Yeah, I, I love, you know, like alliteration and, and I, I, I have to when I'm remembering things. But on the people side, um, I think really early on and Laura knows this really early on, we were able to work with Ashley Graham for the first five years of her business and, and build her brand and, you know, work with her on what she or her presence and how she was entering the world. So from a people standpoint. We worked with Serena Williams on her apparel brand for HSN. And then when she went independently, we still, you know, we still had the honor to work with people such as, you know, icons like Serena Williams. We work with people such as M. Night Shyamalan and people such as Marley Dias, who started hashtag 1000 Black Girl Books, social activists like Alicia Garza, um, authors like Glennon Doyle and Lovey Ajayi. So like, you know, we the from a people standpoint, we've got some amazing people that we get to work with on. And I'm honored and privileged that we get to learn from them and work with them. On the product side, that P is getting to work with larger tech companies like Dell. Um, we work with SoftBank. We work with Airbnb. Um, and I'm like, Forgetting a couple folks, but I'll just leave it at that. And then on the place space. <laughs> I think you can leave it like SoftBank, Airbnb. <laughs> You pretty much got it locked up. You're good. <laughs> oh, and let me be specific. The SoftBank SB Opportunity Fund. That's what we work on. Um, and then, yeah, on the places space. So just I worked with cities like Memphis and, and their storytelling. Cities like Philadelphia hired us, you know, years ago on, hey, we have all of this research. How do we distill this and make it into a great story? So cities from a place branding standpoint, have hired us on storytelling for them. What are the assignments, projects, opportunities, challenges people are calling with right now? And then what you project over the next, you know, 12 to 18 months, what are the areas within comms um, that we really need to be thinking about as an industry and just sort of trends and signals you're picking up based on your conversations? Yeah, I think I would say a lot of people call on us now. And I, I want to be clear, all of our clients have been with us for years. We we don't typically take on projects. And I always tell folks, you know, we're in it for the long term and the long run. You know, some of our clients have been on our board for five years um, because we don't believe in, you know, coming in for a 60 day project or a, a six month project. I think right now we've actually had to say no to a lot of companies because they are calling us. They see our clients perfectly positioned in the marketplace on what to say and how to say it. So it's one of the things that it pains me sometimes because I'm like, oh, if we had a, a larger team or if I wanted to take on more clients, I would help said corporation or help said person. But we've closed the door, you know, sadly enough to, to a lot of folks just saying, hey, we are, we're not taking on any more clients. And so what we did start to do was we created this monthly toolkit on effective communication. So every month we put out this toolkit, like, here's what you should be saying. Here's how you should say it. Here are the words that you should refrain from. And we, we give it to companies that we're unable to work with right now due to our capacity. Um, so that they can use it as an internal learning tool with their comms and marketing teams. What's been the reaction to them? And are there things that, you know, you're, you're seeing clients maybe not be aware of and saying like, this is something I'm going to be implementing as a result? Oh, goodness. I mean, so many, you know, they're, you know, large corporations that have come to us and said, hey, we didn't know that we should be 
you know, considering or looking at Indigenous Peoples Day instead of Thanksgiving or, you know, not being super overt with our messages around July 4th, because not all black people were free. And, you know, this is how we are looking at Juneteenth or this is how we're looking at the word feminist, because typically the word feminist is a cisgendered white woman and not inclusive of all communities. Or this is how we're thinking of the word. I mean, there's there's so many. So we put one out for Women's History Month and said, this is how people are going to be acknowledging it. Make sure you are careful around this language. Not every woman looks at, you know, sort of Women's Month in this way, because not all folks were included. So when you look from a lens of historical relevance going back, you have to really, really go back and say, where did it start? What is the origin, right? We talked about origin. What is the origin story? And how did this come about? And did it include all people? And if it didn't include all people, let's sort of remix the vocabulary a little bit and say, this is how we're going to be approaching it. Now, not all companies have to do that. I mean, not all companies serve all communities. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I would think that where we are in 2021, you know, we should be more on the genderless side because of the way that, you know, folks identify. We should be thinking about every single word that we're putting on an email because you don't know how it will impact someone. I think we're beyond diversity and inclusion and we're at the space of belonging and mattering. Do people feel like they belong in your space? Like, do they feel like they should be there? I think I read a a great research report a while ago and it said that not belonging, not feeling like you belong inside of a company or a space is akin to physical pain. So pay attention to the people that call out of work. It's not, and it is akin to physical pain. So I think we just have to be, it just goes back to that intentionality. I have a question, Rakia. Like we're in this time where we're in massive social upheaval, still millions and millions of people just in this country out of jobs, you know, a health crisis like we've never seen in the history of the world. In the history of the world. In the history of, the, I mean, think about, right? My daughter, by the way, side note, asked me the other night um, what I did when I was a little kid during the virus. And I said, oh, honey, we didn't have the virus. And I had a moment like I was like, whoa. So I guess the question to come back to is we're in unprecedented times, like everyone has said, too much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And instead of brands going backwards in terms of kind of reverting into fear and non-communication, not talking about things, not addressing things, not kind of driving their reputation forward and their perspective forward, how do they imagine it forward like you did in your own career? How do you both be bold and empathetic at a time like this? I do think in my field, in the world of communications, I think folks need to pause and hit the brakes. Um, there people are, you know, scrambling and trying their best. I see it. And it's like, wow, y'all are really trying. Let's get the right people in. And that's good. You know, 2020 was the year of words. 2021 and beyond should be the year and years of the works. What is the work that you're doing? So you said all of those things in 2020. What is the work that you're putting in, you know, in 2021? What does it look like? What councils have you formed? 
What does it look like in terms of your employee hiring, your employee resource groups, the comms people that you've brought on, the marketing people? Who are the people that really do have the seat at the table? Who are the decision makers? Who is scanning your language? Who is helping you to inform your decisions? If I'm sitting here typing an email to you and Google automates and finishes it, am I really going to be intentional? Am I really going to go and click more keys or am I going to scroll that little arrow over, finish the sentence and put a period? Most of the time, scroll it over and put a period. Can you tell us about some of the other projects, including this AI platform that you're working on? I'm actually building an ethical intelligence platform as a product of all of the work that we've done in the equity and communication space with Sky Blue Media to help marketers and communicators make more informed decisions when they're writing and marketing. So that will launch uh, sometime later this year. Who are you building that with? So girl, listen, I'm actually building my advisory board now. So I brought on two advisors who um, are advising me. And I just secured my first angel investment. So I know I'm not supposed Congrats. to talk about it. Thank you. But he is the bee's knees. Okay. Like he's invested in a lot of companies. When I pitched him over the phone without a deck, he was like, Rakia, the world needs this. I don't make investments like this. I've not done this in three years, but this is what the world needs. And then with a media company, a big media entity, um, I am building a community of women who are not quite 40 yet, but not they can't be on the under 30 list. I noticed in the market space, we have all of these like milestones and lists, right? Like it's I'm on the under 30 list. I'm on the over 50 list. But what about the people that are right in between? Like I'm I might not be 40. I'm 37. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there or I might be a little over 40. And so I, I found that that. There was a good market space in place for people that were in this 40-ish. They, you know, they figured it out. However, they still have questions. They still need a community. They're someone's mentor, but they need a mentor. They've sponsored people. They've done all the things, but they still need someone to do all the things for them. So I think in the world of micro-communities and the trend of micro-communities where it's the kitchen table is where we need to be focusing. What do you think the future of talent is when you start to actually invest in micro communities? I think in terms of talent, as it relates to community, there are folks that will crumble because they've not built the community before they needed the community. And so people are scrambling now to make sure that they've built some sort of community and they built it when they needed the community. So build communities before you need the community. Build community because you want community, because you value community, because you want to foster community. Don't build a community because you need it. What would be your advice to just get started in that capacity? So if there are creators listening or brands who want to build community, how do you get started? So I think there are a couple of ways to answer that, but I would start with folks that are in the nano influencer space. ASOS very early on started working with nano influencers and they were working with like really nano influencers, folks that had like 500 and 600 followers on Instagram. And they did that because they saw the spike in the engagement because their communities really trusted them. So I tend to look at folks with lower followings because I do know that it's an organic following. So looking at their messages, how they're posting, 
how their people are commenting. You could have someone that has a thousand followers and they get 300 likes or engagements. And I know we don't measure it on that, but just sort of for an optic standpoint, I sort of like will go in just to just kind of look. And then you could have someone with like 10,000 followers with 300 likes. And you can easily sort of deduce that these folks don't have a really engaged audience or they have fake followers or their people don't really care what they're posting. And you have to understand because of algorithmic changes frequently and the rug can be pulled out of under your foot at any given time, build a trusted community that and that's really that's really just it builds a trusted community. Ask the people like if you're in if you're into, you know, sort of influencer and you want to build a community, ask your people why they are following you. Post a photo. Why are you following me? Someone might say to me, I might think that people are following me because of business. Hey, Rakia, we're following you because you give business advice. And, and they don't give two shakes of shit about my business advice. They might just say, we follow you because we like your blue glasses. And when you post yourself wearing different color sneakers. So then it's like, oh, they like what I'm wearing. So I need to serve the audience. Can we talk about story creation? How do you think about building from ground zero the story and the story arc, like the strategic story of a brand, a person, a place, a product? Mm -hmm. How does your team do that differently? I think it for us starting the stories it depends on the person. There is no cut, copy and paste answer to that. But I think what we like to do is start from the beginning. We are huge fans of like, historically, what does this mean? I like to break things down. I also like to understand the way that our brains work. Our brains work in stories. Everything's a beginning, middle and end. There's a one, two, three, there's an ABC So how do you do that with the storytelling? What is the beginning? What do you want to say? How do you want to attract people? Why do they care? Um, We used to say in the office all of the time, you know, there's no new news. If you don't have any new news, you don't need to tell a story. Or, you know, all marketers will say, what is the there there? We firmly believe in that. Like, if you want to go out to market with a story and you want to, you know, proclaim it to the world, make sure you have a there there. Make sure you know your why before you start to tell other folks. Make sure, make sure you understand the importance of the impact that you're going to sort of extend out to the world. I think all of us are rushing to tell a story because we're like, we want to get a message out. We, or for people that are influencers, we want to get followers. We want, we want to attract people. But do you believe your own story? Do you believe it? Like, do you believe it? Can you nurture that one story? You don't have to talk just to talk, you know, save it for, you know, save it for something else. For the group chat. Save it for the group chat. Hype your girls up in your group chat. Do it on a WhatsApp. (laughs) That's why, that's why I I am. I love the idea of people in micro communities because the conversations are a little more closed off in their Slack channels, you know, their Slack groups. You know, I have a, a list of WhatsApp groups that I'm involved in or Telegram groups or um, now, you know, people are taking it off of WhatsApp and starting their own apps. What is the most effective channel for creators or talent today? I think you work with what works best for you. And it goes back to meeting your audience where they are and how they're consuming media. It's not how you want to tell your story. It's how are people receiving your story, consuming your story and relating to your story. 
Okay, Rakia, before you go, we need to do our game. I'm going to be really intentional about our words. Mm -hmm. What would you get rid of in the world? It could be anything. What would you buy? What would you acquire? And what would you do yourself? What I would get rid of is clutter. I I keep a lot of stuff, (laughs) y'all. So that's my first thing. My husband would be so proud. Um, I would get rid of a lot of stuff in my closet. Things that this girl cannot fit in anymore fit into anymore and still dreams to fit into like girl you are not a six throw the clothes out 40 ish was four ish and four ish is about seven sizes away yeah i'm with you girl you are not gonna be a six again and stop dreaming get in that good 10 and you gonna be okay what would you buy i would love to acquire other companies they're right at the cusp of doing the things that they're supposed to do in the right way so that we could work with them on doing the right things in the way that they should do them for the future. Give us an example. I can't do that because I am trying to, I'm actually trying <laughs> to acquire a few companies. <laughs> okay. But you'll, you'll come back and tell us once acquired. Yes. Yes. Okay. And, we'll and do what that. would you do yourself that you're not already doing? I'm a good vacation lady. Like, <sighs> I mean, tears y'all. Cause I don't get to go on vacation. Um, but is that like a thing? Like y'all are saying, like, what would I do? I would go on a vacation. I would go on some sort of vacation to recharge and center myself at least every other month. What's the first place we're going? Maui. Somewhere. Oh my gosh. Uh, I would love to go to Maui. I, I do want to do, I'm an, like my family's from the island. So I'd love to just do something. Like I'd love to go to St. Thomas. Um, I, I need the sand and the water. Like that's who I am. But then I want to do, I want to do a camping trip. I'm afraid of the woods. Like I don't like snakes. I don't like any of that kind of stuff, but I want to like get myself to do like a camping trip just to say, Rakia, you did the camping trip. Um, I want to go to the desert. I want to swim tree. in a lake. Yes. I want to go to Joshua tree. We'll plan that. We have so many things to do. We'll do that. I'm like, I just want to go to dinner with the both of you, but I'll, I'll do it any of those places. I like love that we were like, what would you do yourself? And it became, what are we going to do? You just tell <laughs> yeah, us. Where we're, are we going? Where are we going, Rakia? Because we'll be there. <laughs> Rakia Reynolds, if people want to get in touch with you, learn more about Sky Blue, do business with you, how do they get in touch with you? Um, you can just follow me on Instagram, Rakia Reynolds, because that's the easiest place to find me. At Rakia Reynolds. R-A-K-I-A. Reynolds like the rep. Love it. Rakia. Rakia, you are like a breath of fresh air. And uh, wow, I hope the industry gets a lot more of you. And I'm so excited about your ethical language, AI technology. Just one last parting thought. What about an eyewear line, Rakia? Oh, you know what? Someone said that before. I would love to. I've been wearing glasses since the kindergarten, so it's a no-brainer for me. <laughs> to be continued. Rakia right. Reynolds, Sky Let's Blue Media. Okay, bye, y'all. <laughs> so big thank you, Rakia Reynolds, for coming by Adlandia. So many important things for us to consider and think about as marketers and communicators. I love what she said, that 2020 and before was the year of words, not works. And now we are moving into works, which is really the call to action to the industry. More about what are you gonna, what are you gonna do? Not just say, 
I think that it is more important, not just as people, but as people who are building companies, building agencies, building brands, building products, that we are intentional in the language that we use. And what I love that she said that I think can be easily passed by it was um, the, the trend that I'm all in for is micro or nano influencers at the kitchen table. And the point there was, these are intimate conversations. The more brands and marketers take some time and maybe even take some budget to really invest in the works into communities and doing it in a meaningful, truly meaningful way to those communities, um, there's some exciting things that will come out of that. And I think real long-term partnership can come out of that um, where potentially these are co-collaborators in your product, in your brand. Well, and as I think about coming back to the top of this episode and talking about shareholder, really thinking about sitting around a table, having influence because you have expertise, you have understanding, you're, you're a thought leader in, in what it is that you're bringing to the table. That is what shapes decisions. This is a really interesting provocation to think about as marketers. Is it really about one to a million or is it about one to four? And I think we'll find that it's one to four over and over and over and over and over again. Laura, hit it with the list of all of our friends and family at iHeart who have been so good to us and helped us get back on air. Big thank you to Bob, Connell, Carter, Andy, Eric, Gail, Val, Michael, Jen. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. We'll see you in two weeks. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.